2: Back to the Locks on Diamondbacks Podcast, or part of the Locks on Podcast Network. Your team every day, you're listening to who? That was wonderful. And might I add, handsome host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist, and I'm a graphic designer. So please, go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. You can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles, to my photos, and my graphic design. For today's show, we're gonna do things a little different today. I'm gonna start off with those hot stove rumors in the first segment, but the second segment today... I got something different for you guys planned, in case you guys don't know, but maybe you do. Today is the passing, the one-year anniversary of the passing of Kobe Bryant and everyone else who perished in that helicopter crash just one year ago. So here on Lockdown, one of the podcasts uh, is called Rejecting the Screen. They put together a Kobe Bryant tribute. They got different guys and People to come in and tell Kobe Bryant stories. So, in the second half of today's podcast, you're going to hear that snippet. You're going to hear Kobe Bryant stories. And hopefully, you guys like me will, you know. Just bring a smile to your face, honestly. I'm a guy, you know, I I love Kobe Bryant growing up. Kobe Bryant was my favorite player growing up. He was my favorite athlete. He was my favorite non-family member, probably, honestly. Outside my immediate family, my cousins, Kobe Bryant was probably my favorite uh, person in the world, honestly. I didn't know the guy, but he brought happiness to my life. And seeing him pass just a year ago, it's a surreal feeling for me, at least, honestly. He, He was just someone that... I just followed so closely throughout my life. He was there, you know, I'm only 23 years old, so he was a guy that was there throughout my entire childhood and seeing him go a year ago, it it honestly makes me pretty teary-eyed and it honestly makes me very, uh, you know, sad to say the least. So you guys will hear that snippet in the second segment today. But as always, we're going to start off with the hot stove because it's been heating up in baseball the last couple of weeks. And we saw some big news today from the Hall of Fame, but I want to save my Hall of Fame talk to to end the week so you'll catch a pod either Thursday or Friday talking about my thoughts on the Hall of Fame. But I want to talk about the hot stove today because there were some more transactions that went down today in baseball, so let's jump right into it. I want to start off you know, probably with the least interesting transaction to the most interesting, so... I think the least interesting transaction that happened today was Andrelton. It comes down to two, but I'm going to lean toward uh, not Andrelton Simmons. He did sign today, but I'm going to actually lean toward Tommy Lastella signing with the San Francisco Giants. Uh, Outfielder, this is a guy who has a ceiling, but... We still don't know exactly what his ceiling is. We saw him in 2019 for the Angels be an all-star, but outside of that, he's had a pretty, you know, average career. He hasn't really done much, you know, offensively. He's been a solid hitter throughout his career. He's got on base a good amount. 350 for his career is his OBP, but he doesn't really have a lot of pop. That one season in 2019, he showed some pop. 16 home runs, only 80 games, but outside of that, hasn't shown much pop. He only had one home run the year prior. Doesn't have a ton of speed, only five stolen bases in his career. He's 31, going to be 32 years old. So he's an interesting guy, but I feel like he's more of a super utility kind of outfielder. I feel like he's more of a platoon kind of guy than your everyday outfielder. So for the Giants who are in need of outfield help and depth, we know they've been linked to guys like Eddie Rosario and Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, Tommy Lastella is a guy who's not gonna bring the he's not gonna break the bank for you. He's gonna come in. He's gonna do his job. He's a positive locker room guy, and he usually does pretty well at the plate when he does play. Again, he's not gonna give you a ton in terms of home run or power, but. If you need a guy to hit on, you know, hit for a good average and get on base, that's what Tommy La is going to do for you. So it's a solid pickup by the San Francisco Giants. Uh Andrelton Simmons, as I brought him up before, he's heading to the Twins, one-year, ten and a half million dollar deal. And looking at his baseball reference, I was surprised to see he's gotten any MVP votes in his career. He's finished He's finished top fifteen in the MVP voting three times. Finished as high as eight in MVP voting in 2017. and that's surprising to me because he's never had more than 17 home runs in a season, and never had more than 19 stolen bases. He's never cracked 300 in terms of batting average. He's never had an OBP above 340, or except in 20 except in 2020. But outside of 2020, he's never had an OBP at least 340. So I was surprised to see he's gotten any MVP votes. Honestly, in his career, I know he was or still is one of the best defensive infielders in the game, and. Simmons is just not someone I'm super high on. I think he's been a little bit of a disappointment, you know, coming out as a top 100 prospect back in 2012. uh, He's been, you know, like we said, like I said, arguably one of the best defensive infielders in all baseball, maybe the best, but LD gives you enough offensively. Only three times in his career has he ever had double digit home runs, only four times double digit stolen bases, only once, more than 10. Double, uh and only once more than 10 stolen bases in a season so he's not giving you a lot he he, he hits for a good average usually but he's not getting on base a ton he does have a great on obp it doesn't give you really any pop whatsoever his slugging's only 379 for his career he's got some speed but i don't think he gives you a ton but if you just want a nice defensive infielder if you want a guy like nick ahmed with a little bit more upside offensively than simmons is your guy but He's not someone that I'm breaking the bank for and he only got like a he only got a one year uh ten and a half million dollar deal too. So it's not like he's even breaking the bank uh for the twins. I mean, Brad Hand just got that deal. Marcus Simeon, he's heading over to the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays keep racking up the talent. Simeon is an interesting case. Back in 2019, he finished third in MVP voting. His war was insane. I'm not even a war guy, but he put up a pretty crazy season in 2019. 33 home runs, 25 average, uh, 892 OPS, You know, 92 ribbies. He did a ton, but that season's kind of an outlier for Marcus Simeon. He's never had a season quite like that outside of... 2019 he's never even bat 260 in a season he's never had an OBP of at least 330 in a season he he hasn't done a lot of things outside of that one year in 2019 never had an OB I never had a slugging percentage hit at least 450 it was 522 in 2019 he's never been at least 450 any season before or after that so his 2019 season is a little bit of an outlier. He had 27 home runs back in 2016, but none none of the other numbers to live up to it. So for Simeon, if he can get back to that 2019 form, that's going to be a steal for the Toronto Blue Jays considering the kind of team they're building, how young they are, and, and you know they just got George Springer as well. So they're definitely building towards something, and Simeon could be that cherry on top of the cake. But He has to show that 2019 wasn't an outlier, even though looking at his baseball reference, it is an outlier. But if he's able to, you know, be 90, 80 to 90 percent of what he was in 2019, that's a steal for the Toronto Blue Jays. And then the last big transaction of the day, JT Ramuto re-upped with the Philadelphia Phillies. It was like five years, 110. That's a great deal for the Phillies. Yes, you're paying big bucks to a catcher, but this is the best Offensive catcher, I think, in all of baseball right now. He's you know a 20 plus home run guy, he hits for a high average, he gets on base a decent amount. I just love his game overall. Finished 14th in MVP voting in 2019, which is not that high, but was a silver slugger in both 2018 and 2019. Only 29 years old still, so a five-year deal. Take him till he's about 34. I like JT Romuto. I like that deal. The Phillies, I still don't think they'll be a good team next year. I still don't trust. They're pitching. I still don't think they have enough, but bringing back Real Muto, that's a big deal for the Philadelphia Phillies because he is that kind of talent. Now, some quick rumors to wrap up the first half of this uh, pod. Uh, Let's get into some rumors. Like I said, the Mets, they're believed to be in on Trevor Bauer. There's even some reports that they offer them a deal. So just imagine Trevor Bauer on that Mets, uh, Trevor Bauer in that Mets rotation. Think about what that would look like. Marcus Stroman, DeGrom, Syndergaard, Carlos Carrasco, Bauer. You still got, uh, you know, Peterson, who was a, a rookie this season. That, that that Mets rotation, if Steven Matz is anything to, a, you know, a league average starter, they go seven deep in that rotation with, you know, four of their top five guys being number two starters in like every other rotation in baseball. So the Mets... Pitching, if they get Trevor Bauer, probably the best rotation, not maybe just next season, maybe the best rotation we've ever seen in the last. 15, 20 years, honestly. So I'm curious to see what the Mets are going to do there. And then the last rumor I want to talk about, the Phillies are going to be interested in a shortstop now that they got JT Ramuto. They're still uh, focusing. That's their next focus. Now that Andrewton Simmons is off the market, they might turn their attention back to D.D. Gregorius. So we'll see and we'll follow along with what the Phillies do at shortstop. But another crazy week funny to say in baseball the transactions have been heating up and it's been fun to talk about there's finally something going on in baseball for a long time doing this pod the past couple months nothing has been going on in the off season but finally the hot stove is turned on and finally there's fun stuff to talk about with baseball now we'll get into those Kobe Bryant stories because I want to hear it just as much as you guys do but 1st with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts your car will ever need in a traditional chain store front. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Built Bar is back and they're more improved and they're more delicious than ever before. They have 18 amazing flavors, but six new flavors. Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barsia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake and Apple Almond Crisp. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're both soft and easy to chew. Now the reason why I love Built Bar is because I'm a health conscious guy. I try to go to the gym when I can. And the thing is, I have a sweet tooth, but Bilt Bars, they trick me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar, when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar. That's low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now, they reset their promo code for this relaunch. If you use promo code LOCKDOWN, you could get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into it. And let's listen to those Kobe Bryant stories.
3: This is Adam Stanko from the Rejecting the Screen podcast. It's unfathomable to think that a year has passed since that you'll never forget where you were moment when we all found out Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gigi, and seven others died tragically in a helicopter crash. Everyone associated with the NBA has a Kobe story because he meant so much to so many of us. Our way to honor Kobe was to compile some of our favorite stories from interviews my co host Noah Kozlov and I conducted with teammates, opponents, coaches, and writers who had something to say about the man who famously wore number 8 and number 24. We put together all of those stories, many of which you've never heard before, on a two part podcast on Rejecting the Screen, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're about to play an excerpt from Part 1, which drops on Tuesday, January 26th, with Part 2 coming on January 28th. Subscribe to the pod today so you can listen to both episodes as soon as they're released. We pick up the story as Kobe was ranked as the top prep player in the nation, and his status as a local legend was exploding. There were even rumors of the Lower Merion High School prodigy practicing with the Sixers and dominating the Sixers star wing Jerry Stackhouse in games of one-on-one. Rex Walters was on the Sixers in 96 and told us how he remembered it.
0: Kobe did come to practices or he would come afterwards and come work out at St. Joe's because me not knowing who Kobe was I was like you know, once again I, I didn't follow high school basketball I was an NBA player I wasn't into that. I'm sitting there I'm I'm, I'm, I'm leaving to go uh, home I'm, I'm kind of straightening up in the locker room and, and Kobe sure enough walks in and I'm like just making conversation with this kid I'm like, hey. You know, uh, what you're doing here? You're like, yeah, I'm going to go work out. And I'm like, oh, you're a pretty good player. Like, this guy had to be looking at me like, what, what are you, some kind of idiot or something? Because, you know, and then I'm like, well, you know, what schools you're looking at? He's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm talking to Kansas. I'm talking to Carolina. He's like, But there's one other thing I'm thinking about. And I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, well, hey, you know, Dean Smith was a great coach for Michael Jordan. You know, you should think about Carolina. Obviously, Coach Williams is my coach, great coach. You should think about those schools. trying to, Trying to help out my guy. Uh, you know, next next thing you know, next preseason game, this guy's freaking like yelling over to his point guard, Nick Van Exel, like, hey, you know, I'm guarding. I'm like, I got a mouse over here. I got a mouse. I'm like, man, that's, that's a little disrespectful. I tried to help you, my man, and, and, and you're calling mouse in the house on me. So obviously he had to be thinking to himself, what is this guy talking
3: about? So back to Kobe as the nation's top high school player and those rumors we are hearing of Kobe regularly beating Stackhouse one-on-one. We talked to Jeff Perlman, who wrote the incredible book, Three Ring Circus, Kobe, Shaq, Phil, and the Crazy Years of the Laker Dynasty. He said that story was all fabricated. It's crap. Like, it's actually crap. It's just total BS. And
4: um, it's funny because I basically reached out to, because you hear all these stories, right? You hear all these stories about Kobe and his... He's with the Sixers and he's lighting them up and blah blah blah. And he was definitely a, a great player and definitely showed his skills. And the guys were like, "Yeah, this guy's going to be something." But um, I reached out to Stackhouse via Twitter. I profiled Stackhouse for the Wall Street Journal years ago. And I just reached out to him. Hmm. I don't have the tweet in front of me, but he wrote like, <laughs> "I'm sure." Like, you, you, This is the first thing I think of when people say, "We're so and so regret having spoken about Kobe." Like, he basically said. I've never heard Kobe say they were true, but I've also never heard him say they were false, so ask him. Um, <laughs> and like, the thing that I, I think is really cool about Kobe and the uh, and the Sixers workouts, he did not dominate Jerry Stackhouse, pure BS, but he took it to those guys. Um, imagine being, I remember I ran college, I ran uh, cross country at University of Delaware, and I remember my first year freshman, freshman year, I went out to run, with the rest of the team and they're all seniors and these guys are like all state and all county and all these great runners. And I was terrified. Like I was absolutely terrified. I just wanted to hang with them. I was terrified. I was scared. I was just praying I'd be able to do it. This guy's running with the Philadelphia 76ers as a (laughs) high school kid and like holding his own and doing it. Like that's insane. And then the other thing when he was in high school that I really like is he would work out, I got to remember the specifics. I'm going to actually reread the book before it comes out. So, you know, um, which is sad that you have to do, but you do have to do, is he, um, he would work out and he drove from one workout to another workout place in the summer and made sure the heat in his car would be at full blast as he was driving just to build up his endurance. So, like, I think he worked out at a track. It was like a 90 degree day outside in Philly, very humid, hot. Gets in the car, blasts the heat all the way drives to the other workout like he did little things like that that were just absolutely insane all the time
1: it's 1996 and you're Kobe Bryant you have an unparalleled level of self-confidence you've proven to yourself that you can run with the Sixers and just a year prior you watched as another high schooler Kevin Garnett got selected fifth overall in the 95 draft so what does Kobe do he becomes the first guard ever to skip college and enter the draft. And by the way, he was just 17 at the time. 17 years old. Kobe, of course, gets selected
3: 13th overall by the Charlotte Hornets, who immediately trade him to the Lakers for Vladi. Coming into that draft, everyone expected him to end up in L.A., and we talked to a couple of people on the pod who were with teams in that year's lottery. First up, former Vancouver Grizzlies coach and GM, Stu Jackson. The Grizzlies had the number three pick and ended up taking Sharif Abdul-Rahim. But we straight up asked Stu,
5: why didn't the Grizz take Kobe Bryant? You know, he, he was a high school player. We were a very young franchise. And, you know, uh, I, I think to draft a high school player at that point in our development as a franchise would have really... Been going out on a limb, not having this player proven himself against, you know, a higher level of competition. Although I will tell you, you know, Kobe was extremely talented. But the other aspect of Kobe was he was not going to any franchise other than the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, he got drafted by a different franchise, but that quickly turned around and he ended up in Los Angeles and everyone in the draft knew that at that point. So we didn't think that was an option for Kobe Bryant coming to a new country or to, to Vancouver uh, to play basketball. So he was sort of off the board.
1: Leaving the country to play might not have been in Kobe's plans, but would he have played for the Dallas Mavericks, who had the ninth overall pick? Remember, at the time, the Mavs had Jason Kidd running the point, and later in their careers, Kobe tried desperately to get the Lakers to trade for Kidd. Well, former Nets head coach Butch Beard was an assistant with the Mavericks in 96, and he told us that he thinks they had a shot at getting the high school sensation to come to Dallas.
6: Here's the best story of all, and a true story as well. I was an assistant coach with Jim Clemens and also uh, uh, at the Dallas (laughs) Mavs, we're in the draft. And I asked, I asked the people who, you know, run the draft. I mean, all our uh, scouts, I said, who's the best guy in the draft? They said, Kobe Bryant, he's a high school kid, but he's not, you know, he's not, uh, you know, we, we, we don't know. We think he's going to be the best. And they didn't know whether at that particular time they were going to break up the three J's. Okay. So I made a comment to them. I said, why don't we bring him in and try him out i know that the word was out there that he only wanted to go to l.a i said but i think he would want to play with jason and jimmy if you all think that he's going to be the best player in the draft we were afraid to do that we ended up drafting samaki walker i'll never forget i was running around all over you know working out eric dampier and some other players and you know but i said man that's what we should have done. I sat there, even those five minutes before we drafted, I said, we should draft this kid.
1: Why were they afraid to even not even to bring him in?
6: Because the word had gotten out there that he wasn't going to, you know, he wasn't going to work out for other teams Mm -hmm. and things like that. I said, I think he would come. I think he would come and at least give us a, you know, a look-see. I really do. You can hear the rest of our
3: Kobe Stories special on Rejecting the Screen. Subscribe to the podcast today and hear part one on Tuesday, January 26th, and part two on January 28th. It's all part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
2: That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcasting. To everyone tuned in today, come back during, uh, come back at the end of the week, and you will hear my thoughts on the latest with MOB's Hall of Fame because it's always a disaster there. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and follow me on Twitter at creatorthomas24 for my personal account, at Locked on Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Deuces!